Oh, Miss Ma'am came dressed for the occasion. Her happy Black History Month, wife. Oh, my God. Who are you wearing? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I thrifted this, but it is from uh- Sheen. <laughs> <gasps> that is insane. I you thrifted can, it. Sheen is in thrift stores now. What? It is. Sheen is all over thrift stores. What I do you don't mean? Know. It's and and they're selling it for more expensive than what people paid for it originally. Literally, I paid more than market value. I say it's it's giving it's giving a moment. I'm getting a little Whitney. I'm getting a little Latoya. Where I'm are getting the glasses like, from? I, my God, I, I'm getting a little Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Literally, they're every. These are both oh. from Sheen. Like they're both Sheen branded. They're nineteen uh, fifty civil rights leader. <laughs> I love it. This is this is. I think you in your truest form. I know this look is so and natural. I, like I'm gonna judge it up, but I have like a little side pony going, and I'm like that yeah. eats too. So I don't know. It might be over for you bitches in 2024. Is it a, is it a beret? Is it a beret? Yeah, like a little. <laughs> oh, I see the a little. A little croissant. I love it. Are you happy to be in Bali? You look like the FBI has a file on you. <laughs> I'm kind of turned on. Oh, oh no. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I want for black I'm picturing. Mind. I'm picturing like a leather oversized blazer and some like. Oh. Yeah, over you that. Mean, I literally have one. With no, yeah. with no blade. Like oversized. With Ooh. like thigh high boots. That's not where I went with that. No, no thigh, high, thigh high boots and the tiniest pants. Yes, I'm Kirk. I see yeah, the vision. I, I have a vision. You know, I'm actually with it. That's like just slutty enough. Well, this is beautiful, Erica. I hope I hope everyone goes to her Instagram so they can see what you look like. What was the inspiration for the look? Um, Huey P. Newton, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 450 years of repression, but that works too. Uh, the Black National Anthem. Um, <laughs> oh my Lord, I'm not going to speak. Oh my God. It is Black History Month. I'm so excited. I know that this is like a Hellscape Carousel episode. Also, this is Paul. Paul's back. Um, but not um, I'm so yourself. done He's with back. you. Like, what? Is- <laughs> Paul's like, here. What? I raised my I, I raised my hand on the vis- also raised his hand. Like he, <laughs> I, there's no visuals and Paul, that was so visuals? cringy. Well, you are the visual baby. Maggie, why are there no visuals? Are we not paying you for visuals? Are you not editing and splicing? You want to get together? into that? This is your first episode back and how long you want to get into that? <laughs> I'm no, still Maggie, paying write your down bills. Timestamp. Hold on, Erica. You are the visual baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's it's literally giving like Fantasia Burrito oh, to come on my like, girl. It is eating the house okay, down. Did you see the movie because she was not it. dressed I like this? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. A press tour. Uh, press uh, tour. I press thought you said tour. oppressed sorry, tour. I was like, <laughs> so did I. I like, this is not. <laughs> that's what I heard. This is such a bad start to this. Oh, girl. Fuck me. Fuck me. Uh, anyway. Oh, wow. Um. I actually would like to start off this song with the song. Um, <laughs> the song. Sorry, this episode. Okay, Fantasia. <laughs> Give the girl Sammy a Davis mic. Sammy Davis Jr. took an edible before the podcast started. <laughs> Why do you think I have the sunglasses on? Um, no, I would like uh, 15 seconds of Kirk. I don't. Singing I don't know Stand it. up. I don't know it. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was serious homework. <laughs> That's from what about what about what movie is that from again? What about Paul singing Paul singing stand up in the style? I like of that. Kirk. Can you tell me how it goes? Can you put it into this? I'll record one. <laughs> you guys can get it in. Wait, did you say? Could you put it in the episode? You know what? We won't hear that in Shut two up. weeks. No, I'm just put in put in what's her face? <laughs> Cynthia, not what's her face. Put in Cynthia Rivo, my queen. I love her. I do love her. I don't mean to say what's her face. Oh, I love her. I, I just did. Don't I remember, remember her name. name. She's iconic. It's becoming a theme <laughs> of Kirk thinking he knows people and then saying that they're one yeah, thing. Yeah, but that's not. true. It is it's Cynthia Revo. <laughs> it is. And is she Irish? She might be girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was not the only person who thought that woman was Irish, by the way. The entire internet was saying it. No, no, no. That, that's like a thing. That's like an actual thing. That's like we'll, talk about that during <laughs> I- we'll talk about that during she Irish history. She said it as a joke. Well, Erica, what do you have to say? You should lead us into the episode. Um, I think it's crazy that you are telling me oh what to do. Oh my god. <laughs> and this is how people Kirk, I actually think from February 1st to February 29th, 2024 you I can know. do this nothing This is how right. people become Republicans. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Kirk. 
Yeah, 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 Kirk. Direct, you know, bullying in a joking way from black women is how people become Republicans. Definitely. You should. Yeah. You the should. pipeline is clear. God. God. It's definitely not their, you know, innate racism, uh, societal, uh, educational barriers, um, socioeconomic indicators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just black it's, people. It's just black, black people. Women. Black people are one, the ones creating the racism. You don't. I was going to say, I would anywhere. love that clip. For any I want reason, that anywhere. clip on a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I do think it's funny that like, and I don't think the listeners really know this, but like, Andrew's the only one making editing decisions. <laughs> so yes, if you ever have an issue with what we say, it's Andrew's fault. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, I think Andrew just has the arsenal. If anything ever gets leaked, we oh know where God, it came leak from. It all. Yeah. Mention it all. To be honest, our careers are literally sitting on a completely soaked, like, Kleenex, like with Andrew being the protective barrier what? between us saying something heinous and it getting released to the world. I was going to say an IPA soaked flannel shirt. <laughs> oh, well, that's more accurate. I was like, what? what is this saturated with? Well, we could do a multiple choice if here. you'd like. <laughs> This is not the edging episode. I can't wait for that episode. Get it? <laughs> okay. Please, someone lead us into lead us, Black Someone lead us into Do Black it. History Month. Let's celebrate. I'm, I'm spiraling. Let's go. I'm sure you're all wondering why I called you in today, including Paul. This podcast has existed in some form for almost four years, and now we are over 25 episodes into its new life as the Hellscape Carousel podcast. It is time that we mature as an organization. <laughs> we have already added Maggie as our producer, so I have decided to step no. up and be our chief <laughs> diversity and inclusion officer. I really think that I am the perfect fit for this position as I am the diversity hire on this podcast. And I feel like I was simply born knowing things, right? We have two gay men on the podcast who are part of a culture, 90% of which was cribbed from black Americans. And Kirk thinks he's a black woman anyway. Plus, we have Erica, who is an actual black woman. Although she is a landowner, she still lives next to a major street named after a black civil rights leader. And finally, we have Maggie, who has been mistaken for a lesbian most of her life by those closest to her. That just leaves me, the last bastion of hope for the West. So this is our team's first of many mandated DEI trainings. We are learning about Black History Month. First, Paul is going to give us a history lesson. Next, we'll talk about ways to celebrate that won't get you canceled. And then finally, we're going to shit talk some hot takes about the holiday itself. So, Paul, are you ready to talk about the history of Black History Wait, Month? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I need to take a step back. Because the lives by a street named after a Black civil rights leader is one of the hardest parts. Wait, who? Who is it? Who, who what street? Cecil B. Moore. Cecil B. Moore. Yeah. And that is know. not something that people know off the bat. I honestly went to Temple and I had no idea what Cecil B. Moore had done. Uh, Why doesn't Andrew write more episodes? <laughs> oh my god! The funniest things I've ever heard. Andrew read us all the. I love that. <laughs> oh my god! No, no oh notes. I agree. I do believe I'm a black woman. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as the managerial manager for uh, managerial logistics management, um, I will take us into the episode now. I will do the reading on Black History, and then we will um, get into the details. We'll do a deep dive um, into the history, and then we'll go from there. Oh Thank my you. God! Where's the Why do you sound button? like Ben Shapiro? It's corporate Aaron. It's corporate Aaron. I'm celebrating a black woman. Oh my God! Can't, white people can't do anything right this month. Oh. I thought he was doing a Ben oh Shapiro. I thought he was just being weird. <laughs> Do you guys not follow Corporate Aaron on TikTok? Lisa Beasley. No. no. Anyway, no. okay. 
No. So let me take you into the little lesson that I have drawn up for you all. Hey, Black History Month is an annual observance that originated in the United States. It received official recognition from governments in Canada and more recently has been observed in Ireland and the United Kingdom. Um, First of all, I'm going to interject. We're ride or die for Ireland. (laughs) Thank you. We love AO. And the Black Irish. (laughs) You don't even know. That's crazy. If everyone could circle back and please pay attention. Um, (laughs) It was originally a week-long event called Negro History Week, dating back to 1926. The acknowledgement of a week of celebration for Black Americans was conceptualized by Carter G. Woodson, a prominent author, journalist, and American historian. Woodson has been called the father of Black history and was one of the first scholars to study the history of the African diaspora, including African American history. Since 1976, every U.S. president has officially designated the month of February as Black History Month. It is commonly said that Woodson selected February to encompass the birthdays of two great Americans who played a prominent role in shaping black history, namely Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, whose birthdays are the 12th and 14th. Abraham Lincoln is crazy. Neither are black. Frederick Douglass? Oh, I thought you said... (laughs) Sorry, I thought you said presidents. I thought you said two presidents. (laughs) Wait, I think... Wait, who said French? Didn't someone say Frederick Douglass was alive still? (laughs) Donald Trump definitely said that, right? Oh, I thought you meant someone on this podcast. I was like, like, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, regardless. The way that the all... Like... All of us completely froze. It was like you just pushed the pause button on this whole podcast, Kirk. That was crazy. I'd like to take take back my statement. In the, the sense, fear in the sense in that Maggie's eyes. Dear in the God. sense that Frederick Douglass was not president, but is black. Okay. Thank That's, you. That my producers are telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my legal note. Uh, bringing you back, bringing you back. Uh, today, Black History Month is considered a time where people across the globe can honor the many contributions of black people, events, and movements that have influenced the culture of an entire nation and the world. During Black History Month, we think of talent. Performers and artists like Beyonce, Run DMC, Jay-Z, James Brown, Bell Hooks, Toni Morrison. I have never thought of Run DMC during Black History Month. <laughs> because you're because you're fucking white. So uh it's all, now, it's also a time it's also to because he's Kirk. I like Run DMC. <laughs> I think of Frederick Douglass during Black History Month. Can you mute? Can you mute? It's also a time to reflect on intelligence and educational accomplishments. The studied folks who served and serve as thought leaders, Dr. Cornell West. Nicole Hannah-Jones, Angela Davis, Langston Hughes, James Baldwin, institutions like Howard University, Morehouse College, Spelman College. And what about our icons, worldwide phenomenons like the Supremes, Aretha Franklin, Eartha Kitt, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Dr. Maya Angelou. And then there are those who could be classified as change makers, where we recognize the powerful members of the Black community. They have shaped and are shaping global policy perspectives and society at large. Barack Obama, Harriet Tubman, Medgar Evans, Oprah Winfrey, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. It's almost impossible to listen to that list of names and not say something like, oh my gosh, remember that song and that album? Or maybe something like, oh my God, I absolutely loved her book. Or even, I'll never forget that speech that they gave. What's incredible is that it's nearly impossible to classify those people into one of those categories. They're all talented, they're all powerful, and they're all icons in their own right. Black culture is everywhere and everything. It is pervasively beautiful. It's influenced countless other communities, both minority and majority. And while many, many aspects of black culture and black history are under attack and being erased, uh, we have the opportunity to celebrate it. And that's what we're going to do tonight. So one, out of all those people that I listed or somebody else in black history, who would you most want to have a cocktail with, a beer with? Who would you want to sit down with and like, hang out with for an evening. I would love to hear what you guys think because there are so many people that shape black history and have shaped queer history. Like we would not have gay is good without black is beautiful. So um, who are some of your icons? Who are some of the people that you would keep in your circle if you could? My answer would be Spike Lee Mm. because I love his movies. Kirk's answer would not be Ron DMC. <laughs> I think I think mine would be Ketanji Brown Jackson. Not only like her perspective as a as a black member of the Supreme Court, but also like 
being on the Supreme Court right now as a black member, I think like are two different things. So I would love to, I want to, I want to know about all of that. What does her staff think? Well, I will attend with Clarence. <laughs> he was, I'm sorry. He was, he was not on the list. Oh, we had to pick from your list. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't have to. But you know, the prompts were talent, intelligence, icons, and powerful. Whoa, Clarence Thomas is. A, I think Clarence powerful. Thomas is a sugar baby icon. <laughs> I, um, this podcast has went awry. We're talking about reboots last episode. Like I, I, I can't even bring back the old flavor of the podcast because y'all are just so down the hellscape. Oh my god! I would pick from your list, Beyonce. Because he's uh, gay. Like, why would you not go like, without, like, you know, like, you go, you go to dinner with Beyonce. You just do. That's the right answer. Did I win? No. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, who'd you pick? I think I would pick Marsha P. Johnson because I would love to be like, girl, I know it felt good when you threw that brick. Like, tell me more. Like, the catharsis of it all. Like, I would love to know what it was really like to, like, be the cornerstone of a movement. And, like, assuming that, like, we are having a cocktail and looking at things from a current perspective, I think it would be really interesting to have a different a conversation with someone who obviously didn't picture things being what they are today. So my answer was the best, if you're wondering. No, yeah. Well, I think I'd I'd also go along the same lines. I'd pick somebody like Laverne Cox. This isn't the woke Olympics, Paul. <laughs> I'm talking about the intersectionality between fucking queer history and black history. Okay. Well, I was going to pick Billy Porter in that, in that world because it'd be cool to see him talk about being a young gay artist and now not being as young, but still a gay black man and having success older, but... He can talk about like the he would talk about like the trajectory of how hard it was then. Being I actually, I actually kind of find him somewhat irritating, so I don't. I didn't put him on the list. <laughs> <gasps> wow! You know what? I said that thinking you were going to say that. <laughs> I I just like the Billy Porter tea is not for me. Um, only because I've listened to some interviews with him, and I'm like, this person is not even connected to the person that they're talking to. Like this person operates as if they are a deity, uh, but. That's just maybe hot take. Um, but I would say, say I would say somebody like Laverne Cox or like James Baldwin, like just like getting a queer perspective, I think, on like being queer and black, like from people who have lived it in the most wild way. Laverne Cox obviously has like opened up much of her life through her documentaries and just uh, being on TV in general. There's a lot of great content you can uh, get from her. But also I think like James Baldwin is someone I feel that a lot of people at least in, in my circle, a lot of gay people started talking about recently. And so it would be interesting to get, you know, documentary on him, like, you know, quotes from him, personal interviews with him, but you can't. So not going for Woke Olympics, Andrew. Thank you. Hmm. And the other would be RuPaul. I'm just looking out for you as you're... <laughs> <laughs> because I want to know about the fracking ranch. I do. <laughs> I was just going to say a true icon. You can do it all. <laughs> well, thank you for the history lesson. I did learn that Frederick Douglass was black. <laughs> oh my god! It's like Kirk. We could have edited that out, and it's like you oh, walk I don't care. We can edit. I think it's good to learn. <laughs> <laughs> can I also add in there that I would really like to meet Alvin Ailey? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a good one. I've thought a lot about that. Hmm. Thank you. Allowed. Approved. See Kirk. Kirk rejected. See what? What am I seeing? I. I'm better than you. Cool. <laughs> That's what you think. That's fun. Oh my God. Stop being high school. <laughs> Andrew, what's yours? Okay. 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 <laughs> so we're going to talk about ways to celebrate and not get canceled. So every year, Black History Month is given a theme by the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. This year's theme is African Americans and the Arts. So, in keeping with my cultural history, I stole the words of a black person. Here is the description from the ASALH website. African American art is infused with African, Caribbean, and the black American lived experiences. In the fields of visual and performing arts, literature, fashion, folklore, language, film, music, architecture, culinary, and other forms of cultural expression, the African American influence has been paramount. 
African-American artists have used art to preserve history and community memory, as well as for empowerment. Artistic and cultural movements such as the New Negro, Black Arts, Black Renaissance, Hip-Hop, and Afrofuturism have been led by people of African descent and set the standard for popular trends around the world. In 2024, we examine the varied history and life of African-American arts and artisans. So here are some ideas from my fellow Melanin Challenge people on how to observe the holiday and not act up. For example, instead of making a big show about kneeling in some raggedy kente cloth you had an intern buy you on national TV, maybe vote for reparations bills. Anyway... That seemed really targeted at a select few people. <laughs> uh, one, one, one Nancy individual. Pelosi, in Nancy Pelosi, famous listener of the pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was so wild. That'll, that deserves to be, go down in black history. I literally will. That is one of those things where I will have to explain that to my nephew and literally yes. just be like, I don't know, big dog. Like, it was weird. Things were weird people people were killed people cried <laughs> people cried people were being murdered in the streets and nancy pelosi said let me kneel i have a kneel she said, i have me. a kneel she said let me let me genuflect let me genuflect oh my god that's so crazy there was someone's whose phone background was that one of yours one of my friend's phone background for a while it's, it was <laughs> <laughs> It certainly was not mine. <laughs> I think it was that my friend Zoe. Shout out Zoe. That is incredible. Oh, I, so uh, uh, a lot of what I think my, uh, uh, what my, I would say like involvement in celebrating black history has shifted to, it's because I'm not on Instagram in the same way, because I'm not creating infographics anymore. I'm doing stuff that feels a little bit more personal and a little bit more in control of my world, I'll say. Um, so I do a lot of stuff at work. Uh, I'm really involved with um, an ERG. It's called uh, Bond. It's the Black Organization for Networking and Development. Um, and we do a variety of things that take about six months of planning. And it's like not a paid position. It's a volunteer thing that you do on the side of your desk. And it's been a really great way to naturally meet team members at work who are different than me and also uh, learn just by like sitting and listening during calls. I'm on the leadership team for that. I'm on, on the only white person on the leadership team there. So like it is such an incredible experience, I feel like, to work on a team that is largely black and largely black women, too, um, in a variety of roles and, and, and life experiences. So. Um, I think that, you know, one a couple of the things that we're doing, like we're hosting events at work to help educate people. I work in a healthcare company um, to educate people about dis cultural disparities in healthcare. So we're doing a panel on men, health and masculinity. We're doing a panel on uh, uh, it's called nurturing equality. So it's about uh, maternal and infant health. And then we're doing one on just like the industry at large, uh, what the uh, healthcare industry can do to combat disparities and also uh, what like black people and other minority groups should do when they are at the doctor, when, when they need to advocate for themselves in a healthcare setting. Um, and I feel like that's been like super fun to be involved in and it doesn't take a ton of my time. Like I feel like it's probably four to five hours a week. It's integrated into my work schedule um, and like it's just naturally made me, I think, think about um, activism and think about uh uh like diversifying my perspectives and i know that's like such like a corporate like buzzword but like truly diversifying the way that i think changing the way that i think um it, it, like naturally because it's now part of my life it's not like an instagram infographic that i'm trying to put together and i'm doing research while i'm educating other people i'm i'm actually like sitting learning a lot and then educating people, I think. Uh, I do like a lot of perspectives on like allyship too through some of this stuff too. So I hope that that's a good way to celebrate. It feels right for me. And I feel like it's assisting an organization of 750 members at like a large corporation uh, in celebrating black history. So uh, it is corporate for sure. And like I would like to find ways to do more stuff personally, um, but community pride the like pride and queer celebrations that I do are later on in the year. So um, I don't know. That's my rant about kind of what I do. Get involved with ERGs at work if you have them. I think that's a great idea, um, specifically because it has a low bar to entry and it's pretty frictionless if your workplace offers something like that. And if it doesn't, um, maybe talk to some people about setting up something like that to be a part of. Obviously, there's the trap of, 
the, you know, corporate whitewashing, rainbow washing. Often companies are they're doing it because they have to, or they or they feel like they need to to attract talent. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, a lot of companies don't care. All that matters is you know the shareholder value. But um, some companies, you know, I Paul and I work at the same place, and I would say by and large, you know, maybe the organization as a whole doesn't really care about our DEI initiatives that much. But certainly the the employee population does, and the people who are involved in those organizations care very much. So it is nice to have that kind of platform. But um, seeking out other opportunities like that in your community, there there may be other community groups and events like that that you can find. Um, but one important thing for fellow white people is don't don't come in and, and make yourself the center of attention. Like, you know, if you're going to start one of these at, at your job, you know, one way you can always tell that these DEI initiatives are complete bullshit is when they're, they're – person of color, like employee resource group is run by mostly white people. 100%. It's so funny that you say that because I recently like realized that I had partially centered myself in an article I was writing. It's like an overview of Black History Month. And I was using a quote from uh, a person on our leadership team who is black. And then I included a quote from myself. And I was like, I actually, I don't need to have a quote in this article about Black History Month. We don't need to have a quote about you know, uh, allyship here that that's from another white person. So I like removed it and then added another quote from another leadership team member. And like, even that I was like, that's like the whole fucking point of this thing is like, just even in little moments like that to take yourself out of the equation, uh, and, and like actually focus on, on doing and highlighting what is asked by minority populations. So I don't know. Yeah. You brought up an interesting point around allyship that like I'd love we should unpack at a later date around the hellscape of allyship because like a lot of the times allyship has now become a brand for the ally. It's like mm-hmm. I'm going to ins- this is good for I mean it's everything is self-serving sometimes at the end of the day which but it's still good to be an ally but sometimes it's like I'm an ally and like let's make this about me being an ally not just me being an ally to the actual cause at hand. Like you writing the article and doing the work is being an ally. Like, right, you know, at, 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 you know what I mean. You don't have to then go and be like, let's say, have me say something in the article. I don't need to be featured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think there's appropriate times when that when it's good to showcase allyness, but it doesn't have to be always. And the point of the point of the article probably wasn't that. Yeah, I've I've had similar thoughts, Kirk. Sometimes yeah. I've seen people just walking around in their day to day life, like they'll have a little rainbow pin that says ally. And, <laughs> you know, I don't have a strong opinion one way or another, but at the same time, it's like, you know, who you really telling and i think sometimes people take on allyship as sort of a get out of jail free card for having some shitty opinions in some ways well i i I can't be racist or i can't be homophobic or or whatever it is because i'm actually an ally well and i think that a lot of yeah don't speak no, no, I, I was just going to say, I was, I was going to say like, it's like, a, this do, do you think Erica, like I was, I was literally going to pose a question to you. Like, w- like when I, I see like the queer ally stuff all the fucking time, because there's so often like a, a label attached to it. There's a pin, there's a shirt, there's a, there's a post or something. Like sometimes I feel like the um, black allyship is like a different, unique level of cringe that is looking down upon people rather than like cheering on as like the queer ally I feel like is because like look at me at the pride parade I don't know I feel like it's just very different well, there's so more perks to being I think there's more perks to being he, are you Erica all of a sudden no but I wanted to say something motherfucker <laughs> yeah but uh, yes but uh, Erica I wanted to like ask your opinion on that because I feel like it is so different one like of course your reaction to ERGs like I'm, I know people are just like some people are just turned off by them but no that, that was kind of what I was thinking of Andrew's reflections about allyship too Kirk, you seem to have it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to force you to talk now. That's funny. I'm clicking mute. Hold on. <laughs> um, no, Kirk's I think. Kirk's going to mute. Please. That's how he's celebrating Black History Month. <laughs> you know what? Hallelujah. That's, <laughs> ally, that's, al- that's allyship. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think this is, I guess this probably isn't pod lore, but I was very um, actively involved in the ERG group at my last job, which was at a Fortune 50 company. 
Um, and I was involved to a pretty high level, like the councils, what they called it, that I sat on reported directly to the CEO or the CFO. That's to say that, like, I was working with people who were kind of towards the top of it. And there was so much genuine care and desire and openness to learn of the people who were a part of the ERG. What I will fucking say, though, is that we were given strict budgets and there was kind of this idea of, well, we're not performing very well and we're asking people to um, kind of constrict their budgets across the board. And we're sitting here like, well, how are you restricting a budget if you said that there's dedicated money for this? And so it was kind of things like that where, I think that there are always going to be people who are operating from a place of genuine care um, when it comes to the ERGs. And I think that for a lot of those people, I think in any population, you're going to have people who conflate proximity to allyship in that, yes, they might have a lot of gay people in their lives or they might have a lot of black people in their lives, but they never really step back and say, well, what do those queer black people in my life actually mean to me in my life because I have white guys in my life who I would never talk to on like any basis but they're just in my life and that's fine and that Roll is call. <laughs> I'm Kirk <laughs> Jesus Kirk <laughs> Andrew Paul <laughs> who's next Go, go, go. Um, but no, it's it's kind of that thing of just because you might be around those people or you might even be in those spaces. Um, and I'm talking about the girlies who are like, I love going out to Woody's. Like Woody's is like the best. Or I love Tavern or I love Taboo. It's like, yes, you can love those places and you can be in those places. But if you are not an active member of that community, whether you are queer or black yourself or you are not you are simply in proximity to it you are not an ally to it and I think that that is something that a lot of people really struggle to come to terms with because at the end of that road is the realization that I do not walk the walk I simply talk the talk and I am not an ally. Maybe I want to be, and I have it in my heart that I would like to be an ally, but I myself am not acting in the capacity of an ally. And I think that that's very hard to do. Um, But when you do look within yourself and you kind of get over that ego, then you get to reap the benefits of being a part of a really colorful community that I am very proud and very honored to be a part of. And that I love sharing with people. I love sharing, you know, my the recipes that I grew up with, grew up with coming from a Southern family. Um, I love sharing culture, movies, whatever. I enjoy that. And you can, too. But you have to be earnest. And if you're not earnest then you're literally just an asshole like Kirk, (laughs) who's not an asshole, like he's a bad person. I mean, he's an asshole in that. That's what a lot of men in Philadelphia view him as. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And Erica yeah. knows that because she's an ally. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's so well put about uh, proximity. That just made me think so much while you were talking, too. Um, I feel that the, the more that both in the ERG stuff that I do and then the like black queer pride stuff that I do, too, the more that I just like sit there and listen the, the better I feel of like when someone's like, oh, we need somebody to do this. And I can just like, yeah, I can help with that. Like that, it, it has become more natural rather than me being like, oh, can I like set the agenda? Oh, can I do this? Or oh, can I do that? Like leading it and like making me feel good to just being like, yeah, this is something I do on the side. Cause like, this is something I believe in. I want to make this easier for these people to do this celebration. I want to make it easier for a corporation to celebrate black history month. Like it's just, it's kind of been such a, a 180 from like, well, it's Black History Month. I want to make sure I make an Instagram infographic and post it so that people can read, which like, yes, that has value. But like, 
I was not doing anything to be a part of that community really at all, other than like, you know, podcasting with Erica. Like, <laughs> don't put true, me but in. not true. No, do I not make me your bro. No, 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 no. I, don't, I don't want to be hard on myself. Yeah, you don't be hard on yourself because there are there are people that made I think you feel that way sometimes. But I feel like you were making an impact, and that's okay as an ally to make an impact. Yeah, yeah. But and anyway, I think it's enough talk about allies though, because we're here to talk about the month itself. Well, I was going to ask Eric, Erica, like literally, how do you celebrate? Like, what do you do besides like be a troll on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> What do I need to do? Like, I know. Oh my, my god! No, how ask. you celebrate? Not not what you do as an ally. Like, what the fuck? Like, like how do you the, have what's fun? What's like the legitimate celebration around? Ibaka yeah, for you. Yeah, educate there. us. Do some do some unpaid labor. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, I sacrifice one pale skin, thin, paper skinned bitch, translucent motherfucker. Oh my god, you call me skinny. <laughs> yeah erica starts using her sacrificial altar <laughs> i get the knife um i don't do anything that is outside of what i normally do um because i'm black and black history month is not a month for me it's a month where white people um acknowledge black history but i acknowledge my history every single day and whenever I'm moving I'm moving in my blackness and they're inseparable for me so I'm literally being that (laughs) (laughs) so should we not celebrate pride then because well I never celebrated pride first of all (laughs) and second of all do you mean to tell me that June is the only month that gay men go feral because to me it's June is the first month of summer, which means it is just warm out and people need something to do because you bitches are doing the same shit in July, August, September. And then you actually have another party in October. I say you like it's not we, but like it is you as in gay men. But yeah, well, if you don't post your coming out story on National Coming Out Day in October, like, are you really gay? Like your Facebook followers have to care. It's so funny because someone has asked me, like, are you going to post your coming out story? I was like, what? What is it? Fuck that. (laughs) You tell me my coming out story. I just told my mom and she was like, "Okay." that's so that's like the opposite of Maggie's coming in story. Her parents thought she was out, wanted to come out of the closet and she was like, no, thank you. And they said, "Okay." Um, I think one thing we can also do, which like I always look into is just being as a white person or anyone that's doesn't is, isn't black essentially because it's beyond just white people um <laughs> me making everyone else's issue other than black people <laughs> in true white male fashion um but like buying from black owned businesses doing stuff like that i think is an important thing to do we should do all of the time and but i think like during black history month you should really maybe look at where you put your money and like try and invest more into black communities in this country because they're only growing and i feel like that that's something that we should be doing as Erica wears two pieces of clothing from Sheen. <laughs> that I thrifted. From a black-owned thrift This is store. literally a Beyonce shirt. This is from a black-owned business. Okay. I don't mean to buy from Beyonce, but you can. <laughs> I did. I said, I love, like, and I don't, I do it all year, but, like, I don't know. One thing that is helpful for me, a lot of, um, like, what would you call it? Like, food websites or like food applications like DoorDash, Google, like um, they'll they'll have filters now where you can filter on black owned yeah. businesses or you can search for it. Uh, and honestly, Columbus has such a fucking massive refugee population. Uh, and so like there's so much like black cultural food in Columbus that is within 10 miles of my house and they are all on DoorDash. And like, Ooh. it's just like, I don't know, it's also a good way I think to like support black businesses but also like get a really fucking good meal like I don't know this is why Columbus is the best place on earth right no it's not yeah (laughs) and I'm not you know it's not the poster child for diversity obviously but like there there is a lot of diversity in your community I felt like in Philadelphia I don't know if it just my mind didn't go to prioritizing that or I didn't even know where to look because I was just sort of accustomed to the restaurants that I was accustomed to but it didn't take long just Googling things like that uh, in Columbus. I know people say that shit all the time, like find a black owned business or like find a black owned restaurant. But like, it's literally that easy and it's really easy to incorporate into what you do, not just during Black History Month, but like all the time. Uh, and I don't know. Also, like 
Erica, you can clock me, but like trying to make some of those recipes yourself too. Uh, that's like one thing that we share at work is like, we'll share like different um, cultural foods and like soul food recipes. And it's fucking hard. Like, cause it's so opposite of like what I buy, but it is fun to try too. So like, that's a way to, I feel like celebrate the culture, but you don't need to fucking post it on your Instagram that you made it. You don't need to like, you don't need to do anything other than just doing it in your own home uh, and like trying something out too. And I will say, I think that, you know, obviously I am not going steps out of my way to celebrate black history. Cause again, I do it every day. I think that it is with any heritage month, I think a really good opportunity for us to take advantage of what is out there. I think that obviously it is not going to be, this is not a blanket statement anywhere near blanket statement, but there are um, plenty of corporations that have their like ERG or whatever they call them um, groups that put on pretty good presentations and, and events and informational things. So um, I really encourage you to like take what's easy. And if you do tune in to one of those events and you have a critique, then share that. Like as someone who has been on the other side we want to know how you feel and we want to know if that's genuine or not. Um, I think it's very easy to sit back and criticize, especially as I almost said, as fellow white people, like (laughs) it's working. It's working. (laughs) (laughs) I will say we're not recording this episode in February. So that's why I'm a little fucked up, but it's easy as a white person to look down on your fellow white people. Um, who are maybe not, for lack of a better word, more woke is you and say that I'm better (laughs) than them and I know more than them, but fucking say something and educate them. If you really claim to be the ally that you are, you won't sit by silently when someone is saying something ignorant. Um, And if you see someone doing something in earnest that is just doesn't land then be kind and offering them that criticism because you are an easier person to deliver that message than someone who looks like me. Mm. Um, And I think that there's white privilege, but there's also white comfort and white people are comfortable with their own. And I think that that is something that you can take advantage of, even as people of color too. I'm not going to say that the black community and every every other community of color has a, a history of peace and tranquility amongst themselves. And so, you know, I say this to everyone, have those conversations, use your proximity to the people that you say that you care about um, and tell their stories for the for your friends of color to your friends of color and just kind of be that vessel between and don't be an asshole, Kirk. I love that. Not that. I love um, <laughs> that you just not said that. it's really interesting because I'm thinking, and this is going to sound, not sound fucked, it's going to sound fucked up, but some some way because it's coming out of my mouth. But I think that I've re- I realized things through you saying that now, like friends of mine that I grew up with that are white or people in my life now that like, I'm just thinking of like very anecdotal moments in my head around like I grew up with and still have a lot of friends that aren't white. And I feel like a lot of my friends were like, Kirk's friends like they would come to me with questions about stuff about like whether it be my friends that are black or whatever they may be and I and looking back I think some of it was genuine but other times it was like oh I can like black people because Kirk has black friends like and I feel like that's kind of and we were younger so it probably was more fucked up then than it really what they mean to say now but I think it comes across because that is true white people are more comfortable learning things from other or being around other white people obviously just inherently mm-hmm. and maybe me being friends with people that aren't white or were different than them make them felt more comfortable with that community which is an interesting thing I've never really thought of before but I think goes to your point of like doing that's another way a white person can do their part is by taking on the burden which it is a burden of educating people yeah, because I'm not. Yeah. If you come at me and you say something sideways, I will educate you and it will not be kind <laughs> and because that's not my job. I'm, I'm The education is free. <laughs> one thing I've, this is so unrelated. I don't know why I just thought this one thing I always want to do for Black History Month is go into a bar. Okay. In I'm scared. A very, I'm holding a very my white, I'm holding, very white, fratty, very white, fratty bar. And I can think of many in this city. Um, this is not a good cities. joke set up, Kirk. 
No, it's not a joke. I want to do this to see because I feel like this would happen. And you play a song that has the N-word in it and mute it the moment the N-word is on and see if all the white people are screaming the N-word. The answer is yes. Exactly. And the song is Gold Digger. Yeah. Yes, yes. There you go. Thank you. I couldn't think of a song. I ain't saying she a gold digger. I will say when I went abroad to Copenhagen and I went out to a bar the first night, it was so jarring to hear a hard R and I was like whoa from like <laughs> white like, people well oh my god I mean, it's Copenhagen yeah babe there's uh, I know I mean, <laughs> when yes. I tell you so it's funny you say that I don't know where that's located <laughs> <laughs> is that where Frederick Douglass is from if it ain't in the states I don't care about it <laughs> um, when I is went that to Copenhagen the gold digger literally played at this club Wait, what's going on with Copenhagen? Denmark is a really racist country. Like, I've probably had the most negative racial experiences in Denmark or in Copenhagen than any other place I visited. And, like, for those who don't know, I've been to 20 countries. Unfortunately, like, a country like Denmark, which, don't get me wrong, I love Copenhagen. I love Denmark. Like, I loved living there. But they are super, super similarly looking population yeah and that is why it works that is just like (sighs) you can't compare to the united states you can't compare to other countries because like they literally work as a society because they all look the same yeah so like they've had so many issues with immigrants and um in order for immigrant children to go to school in denmark they have to take a uh danish assimilation test there's like a lot there that's it's honestly the, the the best word for it is whitewashing it's like it's it it really is so next Black History Month, we're going to Copenhagen. <laughs> three, well, girl, three, three of us have already been there. Yeah. I'm going back in April. Oh, slight period. I'll we should all go to, uh, during Christmas so uh, Kirk and I can dress up as Black Pete. Oh. oh. What's that? <laughs> Just look it up. Just Kirk. Google it. Uh, not, on my, not on this computer. The computer that you're recording this podcast on? <laughs> Here's an article from NBC News. The fight against Black Pete, Jesus. a holiday blackface tradition. Oh, no. Activists in the Netherlands are fighting against a symbol of racism, a central character in the Dutch Christmas custom that dons blackface. The pictures of this are wild. Why are so many holiday traditions rooted in anti-Semitism and like racism against black people? It is so wild. The country is. No. The character of Scrooge. Like, has no one written a dissertation on that? The best one was when um, I was a junior in college and uh, we were home for Christmas break, like, you know, December break. And I had a friend, a friend FaceTimed me and they were like, my friends and I are just playing this, this game and it just looked like Pong. And I look a little closer and the pong cups are shaped as a swastika. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? What the fuck? Yeah. I literally was like, it was the most, I grew, okay, I get it. I had a really different upbringing than a lot of people. I grew up in a city. I grew up more surrounded by diversity than I grew up with non-diversity. Like, but <laughs> come on, swastika pong? They FaceTime their Jewish friend. They, they like, but the truth is, they didn't put it together. Didn't, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like. Uh, totally how did we get from Black History Month to Swastika Pong? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm really trying to draw this map again. <laughs> Sorry, well, but I just no. But I, I, it's the same thing with like how every politician in the world has um, a history of blackface. Yeah. Why? Yeah. But you, but 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 but. but. <laughs> As a future okay. politician with a history of blackface. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I think they're... they're <sighs> I don't know where I was going with that, but sometimes Neither do we. And they shouldn't have. <laughs> and I'm just making sure, I'm just trying to go through my mind. Is there photos? That's a really that? strong stance to take, Kirk. Kirk. I don't know. I, there, there, there's an epi- I'm just thinking of there's an episode of The View where Joy, someone, um, Donald Trump Jr. was on The View. And he was like, just completely throwing curveballs left and right at the women because I don't know why he was there. And he was like, Joy, let's talk about you in blackface. You can Google. There's a picture of Joy like in blackface. But she goes, they come back from from commercial. She's like, Whoopi, Whoopi had my back on that one. That was not blackface. And Whoopi's like, it wasn't. And I was like, okay, it was. Like she was dressed up as like Tina Turner. Like it was fully blackface. Kirk, just admit that you were doing it. There's no plane of existence where I will say, no, it wasn't blackface in reference to you. I will every time say it's blackface. You could wear a 
foundation that is two shades darker, and I will call it blackface. Oh, so. Remember Angus Marinara? She did blackface. <laughs> <laughs> that's pod lore. Pod lore no, that's the only time lore. I can think about me in blackface is when I told you guys, and I'm transparent about this, um, is when I was that iPod, the dance, the shadow of the iPod commercial, oh, yeah. old iPod commercial for Halloween, and my two friends painted me in black, and they were they they are black, so they didn't have to paint themselves, but. If that picture ever comes out, we need to tell people it is not blackface because it isn't. <laughs> I'm not backing you up. No. It isn't. Erica already said up. she wouldn't back you up. I'm standing I know, whatever. on business. You know who will? Whoopi Goldberg. That's who'll back me up. <laughs> yeah, she, an avid she, listener of this podcast. She Whitney also, Goldberg. she just went on a tirade about how young people are lazy and don't work hard. Yeah, that was crazy. That was she's, crazy. She's crazy. She says crazy shit on that show now, too, to be honest. She does, yeah. But well, they need her. they need to, like, generate views, and, like, that's how they do it, by just saying absolute bullshit things about, like, the I cost of living. I love that show. Okay, is that not, like, this podcast? <laughs> I know, this is The View. This is The View. Oh, oh. Rebrand part three? The View needs men on it. The View needs men. Poppy right. kettle and the kettle is black. Yeah. Okay, right. well, there's no men on this podcast. So. This is The View and Erica needs to shave her eyebrows. <gasps> what? Please. Whoopi Goldberg has no eyebrows. You ever seen her? Yeah. Just, just keep my wife's name out your fucking Jail. mouth. Can we keep your wife? Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. No, no, that's black that history. Was, that was so crazy. That honestly is black history. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about the slap again okay. on this podcast. Okay, okay. We're gonna there's gonna be some editing here. Fucking swastika pong. Jesus Christ. Swastika pong we can keep in. Maggie didn't do no, it. No, no, I want to keep it in too. I just oh, I'm yeah, still yeah. reeling. It's, from I it. cannot believe and I'm I hope you're not friends with those people anymore. If they can get away with swastika pong, then No, because <laughs> Once I I'm s- kidding. They're- but this is the this is the same thing. I, this was the argument I was going to make before you know you started talking and opening your mouth. Um, the thing that bothers me is the second I said something and was like, "Hey, like this is kind of weird. It makes me a little uncomfortable." They were like, "Holy shit, we didn't even think about it." And I'm like, "I don't know what's worse: you doing it on purpose or you not realizing you're doing it." It's and that's the realizing. problem I have with blackface. I think it's worse that you did it and then you're like. Oh, I got caught. Like, sorry, I know that's now an issue. I'm like, like it, takes it was. Time it's to been put an it issue on. always. There was never an okay time to paint your face black. Kirk, that's so real too, because it's not like, like it takes time to paint on. You know, I've always wanted to do this and I can't do it because it wouldn't come across. I think as I hope maybe it would. You know, the get <laughs> no, ready with me videos. Wait, you know the get no, you know not get ready, not get ready with me. The videos that I can't stand where women are and get guys racist with me. No, but no, but that's good too. No, but uh, when people are putting makeup on, they're telling a story, but they're putting makeup on the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that with just putting blackface on the whole time, not mentioning it, and just telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would genuinely that be would be funny. so That's funny, Kirk. <laughs> I would actually, but die. I feel like the internet's too fucking. They'd be like, "Oh, he's doing black." I'm like, "Yeah, no, sh- I'm not hiding that. I'm putting blackface." I know. That's what's so funny though is like there are people who <laughs> would be losing their mind. It. Not once. No, like not, it's just like I'm putting makeup on the whole time, but it's just a black face. I'm telling a story that has nothing to do with anything. You should cut at the end of like the makeup. You should cut and be like, and here's the final look. And then it cuts to like Justin Trudeau, like join me. <laughs> uh, it goes you know through all Julian Huff. Yeah. Everyone that's ever done blackface. <laughs> I like this idea. Dude, we could, work, we, we could put that together with it. some crazy music <laughs> for the montage. We've got to think of what the story is. Gotta, 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 boom, cock, It'll be like, no, a full fucking the, renaissance. The story's me telling Maggie swastika pong story. <laughs> <laughs> so in high school, there were these kids that were playing swastika or, or the time that, that somebody apologized to Maggie for playing Kanye West around her. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like people have never met a Jewish person. I'm like, I'm not different. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. <laughs> 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 What is that a curse? (laughs) So originally I was going to end this episode with a fun little game called who wants to be a racist millionaire where I read quotes and you'd have to guess who said them about black history month. But because the liberal cucks at Google have censored the internet, I couldn't find a whole lot of quotes from people (laughs) because they're just completely censored. But anyway, what we can talk about as we close out is debunking the hot takes that people have about Black History Month. Like, why does it need to be a whole month? Or Black History is racist against white people. But I do have one quote here that I'm going to read, and I do want you to guess 
who it's from. And this kind of feeds into a more popular hot take that people try to frame as being progressive and not racist, but it also is kind of racist. So here's oh, the quote. Wait, 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 you said progressive, kind of racist. I think I can figure this out blind. It's Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the quote is two things I can say publicly that I do not like. Black History Month is an insult. You're going to relegate my history to a month? Also, African American is an insult. I don't subscribe to that title. Black people have had different titles all the way back to the N word, and I do not know how these things get such a grip, but everyone uses African American. What does it really mean? Who said that? Raven Simone. Okay, I was going to say Raven Simone, but she said, I'm not black, or I'm not African American, I'm black. I remember that. Those weren't her words. Oh, she didn't say all that. <laughs> no, okay. It was, what? Like, she was more, like, she said a more She said to Oprah, thing. like, I, do I don't like that. labels, I'm not African American, I'm black, or something so like that. So, it's definitely a coon. I'm thinking Candace Owens. I thought I thought it was no. Um, she's progressive, not progressive. Oh, you. He said progressive. Damn, damn. Tommy Laren. Oh shit. No, not pro- oh. um, <laughs> black. <laughs> they have to be black. Is it Don Lemon? No, it's not Kanye. He's cheating. Cat Williams. Nope. Dave Chappelle. Nope. When was this said? Last year, April. Oh. Oh. I, I would. I would guess Dave Chappelle then. But is uh, this someone? Oh, I don't know if I can ask you this question. Never mind. I was gonna say is. Is this a, is this someone who's seen as a coon? But like you can't be the one to identify a coon. So, oh, um, no, I would think I think you're all going to be surprised by the answer. And it's all right, just give Morgan it to Freeman. Us. Morgan oh, Freeman. Yes, that's crazy. <laughs> in, a, in a very rare interview, because he doesn't give a lot of no, interviews. No, he doesn't. Well, maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> to London's The Sunday Times last April. Wow. Yes. And that really flew under the radar because I did not I hear, about hear about him that. saying that. But when I when I Googled this quote, this this idea that Black History Month is insulting or racist to black people for relegating their history to a month or compressing the black experience down to a month, like my gut reaction from that is it sounds like you have some conservative leanings and you're trying to kind of play both sides. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's a part of it that we like should be celebrating blackness all year long, I guess, is the argument. But like, yes. I know what you're saying, the, but the, the, it's being like, let's just say that it's not enough giving me a month, but really we don't want it at all. It's like my it's like the argument. Yeah. That, and then like, we my, don't need to do it, period, yeah. because we should be doing it all the time, but we should do it all the time and there should be a recognition of it. But the follow up is like it exists for a very specific reason, which is if we didn't because. have it, then when would we think about it? Because yeah. there aren't any other specifically black holidays that are widely celebrated in any other and, way. And they're fucking taking it out of the education system. <laughs> yes. I, you know, it, it reminded me a little bit of Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was seen as like this moral center, like America's mm-hmm. granddad. And it kind of feels like that where it's like you are an older generation – and you've made it. You're fine. You've been fine. So mm-hmm. that's sort of the way it comes off. And I, that's not specifically a black thing. That's also the case with white boomers, too, where they're like, well, college only costs me a bagel and $5. So what's not your problem? <laughs> not a carb. <laughs> it's so funny because I think in general, it just speaks to the conservative older generation where they're just like, Oh, I had a good. So like, fuck you. Like you can apply that to anything. Yeah. Or I struggled really hard and now things are better. So why are you still complaining? So pay your student loans. I paid mine. Yep. Well, just like slavery and reparations, (laughs) I started this shit. So I'll take us out. We learned a lot today. And that's what we try to be. We try to be an educational podcast. Even I learned some things. And Kirk learned once again that Frederick Douglass is a black man. Who is not alive? That was honestly the most wild piece of pod lore I think we'll maybe ever. That was crazy. (laughs) And I I will go back and say I knew that he was dead and black. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you can uh, set the record straight. Well, tune in next time when Kirk announces he's going to be Trump's chief black historian in his cabinet. (laughs) That's kind of lit. I would love that. First of all, Trump's DEI officer is Kirk. Could you fucking imagine? I would love to work for Donald Trump. Seriously, I would, I'm putting that out there. I would love it. 
There's nothing to me more fitting than Kirk being in charge of educating Trump on black history. Oh, look at my African-American over here. I think that it would actually resonate with Trump because both of them can't read. And so it's kind of like think Donald Trump can read. <laughs> That's a, that is a good joke. The best part is that you didn't defend yourself. And I can't. Um, no, I don't want to work for Donald Trump. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm Maggie. <laughs> Maggie says, get the hell off well, we should let Erica go first. I'm Paul. Oh. <laughs> Who's next? I'm Frederick. <laughs> oh. I'm Andrew. No, I'm Kirk. I'm Kirk, I'm Kirk. And I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.